Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. I'm flying solo this week. We'll get Josh back on next week. But for now, it's just me. I want to talk a little bit about something that happened in Chicago that I thought about making my main story whenever I was out there that last day, but ultimately went with the Bednar piece instead, which I think turned out better anyway. And I thought about exploring this further, and it's like, yeah, let's just make this a podcast episode. Because I feel like Mitch Keller maybe becoming a hybrid or going to the bullpen warrants this type of stream of consciousness thinking. And that's what I'm really going with here. I'm, that's how I do these podcasts. I have a couple notes or whatever, but I really just let it go. And I feel like that's how you have to approach this Mitch Keller subject right now because this kind of feels like the Pirates are in the end game right now. It's something that I think has come up in live cues. It definitely has come up in uh, game live files. It's something that I've been asked whenever I make spots on uh, Bucko Talk on 93.7. It's what do you do with Mitch Keller? Because he came into this year with this new velocity, with this new breaking ball, with this renewed confidence, and it hasn't translated. He just has not been good this season. And if you watched the YouTube broadcast on Thursday, you would have seen it outlined how Mitch Keller as a pirate, this has not gone according to plan. Since his debut in 2019, they compared him to all other pitchers who had made at least 45 starts, and he was last in ERA, uh, last in ERA+, plus, last in whip, just a, a lot of bad, bad results, and like not even second to last, last, definitively, for almost all of the major categories. Whatever we know, this guy's throwing 97, 98, shouldn't be doing this. And I explored one topic in the most recent Mount Visit about how he's just not throwing the curve anymore, and the curve got hit last year, I'm not going to deny it, but it's got shape, and it, you got to throw stuff against the wall right now at this moment. And that's, this is their 
throwing something up against the wall. They're trying Mitch Keller as a hybrid, or they tried him out as a hybrid, I guess I should say. We don't have anything definitive to say this is the plan going forward. I've asked. It's been a we're still discussing if this is it. It was a good situation they felt in Chicago because they had the off day to follow. Let him throw two or three innings, try to make it clean. It was fairly clean. I mean, this is going to be a tough adjustment to make if they do pursue this. And we saw it last year and how not to do it with Chad Cool. How Cool was never really 100% on board. And, and Mitch at least said all the right things. He said that, you know, I'm going to go whenever they tell me to go. And okay, he's got the right mindset there. And unlike Cool, who basically said the same thing, I, I feel like there's some earnestness whenever Mitch Keller says it because he recognizes that this is such a big year for him and something's got to click in some way. Would the hybrid work, though? I think it's interesting in the Pirates' case because these multi-inning relievers like Will Crow, Dylan Peters, Bryce Wilson, I, I don't know how to qualify Bryce Wilson. He's started, he's gone on the second one, but even if you don't, not a lot of them throw particularly hard they're lower maybe they get up to like 94 or so so keller does offer a different look in that and if you go from seeing 92 93 from dylan peters for three innings to 97 98 from mitch keller yeah that's that's two very different looks that's two different pitch paths maybe that helps elevate keller's stuff actually i shouldn't say elevate keller's stuff because that's not the problem it's commanding it. It's being able to finish at bats, get the put-away pitches, and cut down on walks. I know a lot of people are going to be critical of this. But like I said, this is kind of it for Mitch Keller. I'm not saying he can't go back to being a starter or can't be a starter in this league. But something needs to work, and it hasn't so far. And. If it doesn't work this year, if Keller finishes the year with another ERA of six, you, do you go to arbitration with this guy? Not even in the matter of, of principle of, oh, we can't, he won't make a ton, but it's more, can you count on this guy to be part of your rotation, be part of your pitching staff? He needs to get into a groove somehow, somewhere, and this seems like the ultimate, have you tried turning it off and plugging it back in? That's what this is for Mitch Keller. So what did we see in that first outing? Maybe more or less what we saw all year. Without the first inning struggles, he gets to face not the 1-2-3 to start a game. See how that plays out. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that two and two thirds, a couple walks, one run in is like, oh, we that's that's it for Mitch Keller. It's not like we saw those first couple outings from Will Crow and we're like, okay, wait a minute, something's up with Will Crow. He's this isn't the same guy. And it's a very, very, very tough transition to go from starter to reliever midseason, especially since Keller didn't even get a whole lot of runway with this. They it was just something that was kind of considered and we all kind of put it together. I think he also put it together whenever he saw, hey, I'm, I'm not listed as the starter, and that's my spot in the rotation. 
I guess I'm not going to start, but I'm sure I'm going to throw because they would have told me to throw other bullpens or something to keep my arm fresh. The way the Pirates' bullpen is constructed, maybe this hybrid role works for him. Maybe just a straight-up reliever role works for him. And I keep bringing all this up because I know I'm not the only one that thinks this way, that if Mitch Keller gets to go to a different organization, just that change of scenery, maybe that's all he needs. Or maybe he goes to a Dodgers or a Rays, players, teams that have this really good player development, that this really good pitching development too, and it just clicks right there. And I think the worst case scenario, this has always been the worst case scenario with Mitch Keller. This was what people were saying was the worst case scenario before he even appeared in a game in the major leagues is he can't be the next Tyler Glass now. And it's a possibility. You can't deny that there's still some stuff there. If the Pirates let him go, someone would pick him up. That said, chatting with the league source, I'm like, if the Pirates put him on the trade market, not saying that the Pirates are, I just kind of wanted to get a barometer for my own edification. Like, what would they get? Like, the Clay Holmes package? Because Clay Holmes was this guy who had stuff, but it never really came together. together. And he's like, I, I, I don't know if they'd even get that. So, now what? You try this role. If this doesn't work, maybe you simplify it even more to just one inning. There has to be a point. You can't go into 2023 with Mitch Keller with another ERA of six. Not because you can't spend the money. It's because you can't spend the roster spot. Money's not an issue with Mitch. It's it's probably never going to be an issue with Mitch because he's just dug so deep a hole for himself in arbitration. It's you have to earn your roster spot. And at the moment, he hasn't earned that spot in the rotation to go every five days, the Pirates have deemed. They have deemed that. That's why he pitched out of the bullpen. It's why he might pitch out of the bullpen again. We don't know for sure. But if they've done it once, there's precedent. And it wasn't an opener, it was a straight-up hybrid, you're going three innings. And yes, that was because of the off day that they knew that they could be a little more aggressive with their bullpen, but that's how they went about it. There was no, well, he could go four or five, it was worth looking at three, maybe four if he's really efficient. Maybe that changes the second time out, maybe he just goes back into the rotation. But the dam's been broken. This is now officially a possibility in the bullpen going forward. And if it doesn't click, then I don't know what the Pirates do next with Mitch Keller. Because they've tried optioning him to the minors. They've tried just letting him pitch through things. They have tried letting him go his own path this offseason and come back with some renewed stuff. None of it has really worked. And that arm has still got that potential that you can't just let him go or cut bait with him. You've got to keep trying to give him opportunities. But this is put up or shut up time. Something needs to click if he wants to be in that rotation for real and not be a hybrid guy or a reliever. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Before the clock struck midnight on the MLB lockout, Ben Charrington was asked, about Roberto Perez and Jacob Stallings because he had just traded Stallings. He had just signed Perez to replace him. And he brought up that they felt that they could get Jacob Stallings' love or production from Roberto Perez, but also get these other players from the Marlins. I feel like we need to revisit that situation at this moment. Welcome back to the show. I want to first take a look at the Jacob Stallings trade side of this equation. Because the Pirates got three players in that deal. They got Kyle Nicholas and Connor Scott, both of whom are in Altoona, and they both have had their moments. If you're excited about either one of them, I don't blame you. They are two legitimate guys to watch in double-A baseball. They are on a good trajectory to reach the major leagues, to even contribute in there, not just be guys who bounce up and down. They could be contributors at the major league level. I I think Nicholas is the more likely of the two, but Connor Scott had that really good start to the season. If he could tap into that more periodically, then yeah, he could be a big league outfielder. Nicholas, I view as someone who could be at least a reliever at the major league level. Got a couple interesting guys there. And I really like what Zach Thompson has done this month. Once the calendar turned to May, like that's something that I don't know if we're allowed to do any Oscar Marine praise here because of narratives and whatnot that the site and the internet have come up with. But he and Thompson identified some things about his delivery. I wrote about that in Mound Visit, and it's turned out pretty well. Three good starts in a row. 
at least five innings, only one uh, run allowed, and that run was a weird run with the cutoff, and that was a weird play with Michael Chavis. So, yeah, he's pitched well. Spam the cutter. I don't think anyone has... This is what he is at his best. And I think that's fine. That's a good big league pitcher. That's a guy that you feel comfortable handing the ball off to every five days. That's fine. Stallings, not off to a great start in Miami. Not even defensively that much. He's not at this gold glove level he was last year. But he's also learning a new staff. There's a lot of outside factors that play into that. But for the first month of the season, even with some concerns about Thompson back in April, Roberto Perez is playing better than Jacob Stallings. So in that way, Ben was right, but there was one looming cloud hanging over it, and that was Roberto Perez's injury history. And it happened again. This time the hamstring rounding second base, a freak injury, he's gone. And this was a really weak market for catchers this offseason. That's why Jacob Stallings got traded, because his value would never be higher individually, and the market would never be this desperate for a catcher. So, perfect storm, that's why the Pirates pulled the trigger. And it also made me wonder, not wonder, just say publicly, like, we thought we could get Jacob Stallings' production from Roberto Perez. So why didn't the Marlins go after Roberto Perez and keep their other players? This is why. The Pirates' catching situation looks pretty dire at the moment. Michael Perez has familiarity because of last year. He's I played admirably, admirably since coming up. He's not this superstar. He he's someone who probably should only be a backup, but he's playing every day at the moment. Andrew Knapp. Look, the Pirates came into this season knowing that they needed to get another catcher. They made the decision late that you know we're just going to scour the free agent market and the waiver wire. Once the season ends, someone's got to let go of someone. Andrew Knapp was the guy <laughs> that they at least got a couple personal testimonials of, hey, he's at least good with the clubhouse. He's good with the pitching staff. They didn't have a whole lot of eyes on him. They go, they give him a shot, they got eyes, they moved on. Tyler Heineman, I don't think you can really count on a Perez Heineman duo for the rest of this season. I want to see how things get here in the second half. I mean, this is pure speculation, but do the Pirates dare buy a catcher at the deadline the same way that they did with Chris Snyder back in the day? Not saying Chris Snyder was this big catcher, but they needed someone to be there. And the catcher position is basically... Just find some way to get to Henry Davis. Because 
even if you like Carter Benz, he hasn't really hit up in the upper levels of the system. And they need him to. Like, he's a good defensive catcher, but he needs to hit to separate himself from the Jason DeLays, the Arden Paps, these these types of catchers who pretty much max out on AAA. And his ceiling is being, you know, Henry Davis' backup, but you got to find a way to get to Henry Davis. And there really isn't one at this moment. And I don't know how far <laughs> they could go on with Michael Perez as the starting catcher. I don't think they're going to make a big move. And they're obviously comfortable enough rolling with him two days out of three or so right now. But he is here. And they don't have basically anyone else here. So even though Jacob Stallings is not doing that great in Miami to start the year, he's reliable. You can put him back there. You know you're going to get a lot of innings out of him. And that's something that they could really use right now. Will that trade benefit the Pirates in the long term? It could. It really could. Because Nicholas, like I said, is a future big leaguer. Thompson looks like a, someone who belongs on a big league staff, if not rotation. Connor Scott is a former first-rounder who has some upside that whenever he does tap into it, and he's proven he can tap into it, is one of the better outfield prospects in this whole system. But man, these growing pains are going to be tough. And this is a year that you need some stability with that pitching staff. And catcher is one way to do it. And they aren't really going to get that this year. Not with Roberto out. Maybe it plays off for the best in the long term. But I go back to that conversation of we thought we could get Jacob Stallings level production out of Roberto Perez. And for a month they did. But then they were hit with the reality of why Roberto Perez was available as a free agent instead of other teams just trying to do what the Pirates did of, well, just bring this guy in. It's because of the injury history. I would like to see Roberto Perez come back in 2023, where if he gets hurt in May again, it's not as catastrophic because you can hand the ball over to Henry Davis. And if he's doing well, well, you still hand the ball over to Henry Davis midseason, and he has one of the greatest defensive catchers of the last 10, 15, 20 years to pick his brain. That's a really good situation. 2022 catching. I think we're going to see a lot of names <laughs> roll through whenever we check out the end of year, who played what position. I feel like catcher is going to be the one where we're going to see just a lot of different guys. And we're going to be like, hey, do you remember Andrew Knapp? Yeah, he actually broke the club. Broke with the club. How about that? We got a little show left. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. One take to end the week here. I want to see Mason Martin up in the major leagues. Find a way to make it happen. With the 40-man roster, with whatever. Because Mason Martin... Pirate fans of the 2000s, the aughts, will know who Brad Eldred is. And there is a chance Mason Martin is just Brad Eldred. But he might not be. And at this point, I would rather give the kid some playing time up at the major league level. And this isn't even, we're not even touching the guys who I, I have previously talked about need to be up in the major leagues, like Cruz and Rowanzi, but Mason Martin has proven enough in Indianapolis to warrant a trip up to the major leagues. He's probably going to strike out a ton. And if he doesn't work out, then you have your answer. And you can move on and you can find a first baseman of the future elsewhere. But until he gets that shot, you're just wrong with your current first base situation. And he's going to keep staying in AAA. Thank you so much for listening to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. That's where you're going to find all the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasts as well. Thank you so much for listening. Josh will be back next week, and we will talk again next